What's up, y'all? Zach Herger Idea Addict, episode number 35. Blasting out on the uh, airwaves. We're doing another car episode. <clears throat> I, I appreciate you guys hanging in there with me. Looks like we picked up some new listeners. Really good stuff. Hopefully some of those guys hanging out in the trenches in uh, Ukraine are tuning in. <laughs> That's horrible. That's a scary situation, is it not? I don't like to talk politics on here, geopolitical or otherwise. But that is a little <clears throat> scary stuff, y'all. Speaking of scary stuff, uh, one of my friends in the medical community is like, you think COVID's bad? Uh, wait until Hantavirus breaks out after the Olympics. Now, that is scary. Hantavirus is scary, and that's something that I've uh, <clears throat> had some experience with. Obviously, cleaning up foreclosures... That's something that you watch out for is uh, infestation of, like, mice and rats and stuff. Now, the good thing is it's it's pretty cold here, so that's pretty, like, few and far between that you run into something like that. Uh, and if you do, you just got to be careful. Uh, I've never had hantavirus, thank God. It has, like, a... I think that the mortality rate's, like, 36%. That's pretty high. <clears throat> So when you see a mouse or a rat, you go get your shotgun, you blow its head right off. <laughs> just exploded. One time when I was a kid, I lived in Missouri. And uh, I liked I liked Missouri. Uh, a little bit more white trash there. <laughs> so I had a friend. <coughs> His dad was a little rough around the edges. He was a former uh, paratrooper. Also, uh, high school All-American, so he was, like, about ready to go, I think, to, like, uh, Ohio State and uh, got drafted into Vietnam. Not the best. Missing a bunch. Of, he had, like, a... He wore, like, a mouthpiece because he was missing a bunch of his front teeth. I think from fighting. Never really got into it. Really fun guy, though. Like, the cool dad. <laughs> I think he mostly was just, the bar, like, bartended. Love the ladies. Anyway, one time, their house was a little decrepit. It was down the street from us. Actually, not a bad neighborhood. Kind of mixed. Anyway, he lived on the street. they lived on the street from us, and one time there was a... What the hell was it? I think a raccoon just on their back deck. He went and got a shotgun and, like, flung the back door open and, like, blew it to smithereens from, like, f <laughs> like five paces away. <laughs> Shooting a shotgun in the neighborhood. I think it was a 12-gauge, too. That'll uh, wake you up, huh? My friend was like, there was blood everywhere, like all over the deck. <laughs> Jesus. Just blew its head clean off. Scarred the child. <clears throat> so that was a little... Those are some stories to make you laugh. Live, laugh, love. I keep seeing this thing on Facebook Marketplace, and it's... Kim Jong-un or whatever, like in the foreground with his hands like kind of like crossed and he has his big grin. And then in the background is like a, the ocean with like a nuclear submarine and then it says live, laugh, love. It's a flag you can buy. <laughs> I always get a kick out of that. I don't know why. Reminds me of the movie The Interview. The folks! Uh, speaking of movies, I <clears throat> kind of had a slow day yesterday. I was at home with the uh, children. That's always a knockdown drag out fight. And uh, my father-in-law was over. He's having some remodeling done to his house. It's not going the best. And uh, just flipping around. You know, we got all these streaming services now. It's like... All the free movies on all these things kind of suck. If I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> Has that to do with something with, like... Or royalties for, like, not great movies? Less or something? Um... So we were just flipping around, so I was like, let's just see what's on, like, live TV. We got the, the YouTube TV, among other things. So I was flipping around on that, and I ran across a movie that I really like, Casino, with uh, Bobby De Niro and uh, Joe Pesci. Also, uh, a whole, a whole, James Woods in it, a whole cast of great characters. James Woods, who's the other guy that's in it? Oh, yeah. Don Rickles is, like, one of the main roles. He's, like, the casino manager, Don Rickles. Mr. Warmth. <clears throat> and that guy's looked the same since about, like, the late 60s, hasn't he? Show of hands if you think Don Rickles has changed much. Well, he's dead, so that he has changed. 
1995, he looked about the same as he did in 1970. The only reason I know that is I watch old episodes of Johnny Carson. We'll get to that later, but... So what's been going on this week for your boy? Well, I've been getting back into the real estate sales. Because uh, there's just not like a lot of houses out there to flip right now. Not a lot of... Uh, sorry, I had to pause. Okay, neat. There was a, <laughs> a jackhammer I was pulling up by, and then some guy was trying to race me. Yeah, dude, I'm in a freaking three-quarter ton pickup. I'm not racing. It's nine in the morning. Get a life. Just take out your mommy and daddy's car, Ferris. Ferris Bueller took his dad's car out. Anyway, not a lot of... Uh, not a lot of real estate. Uh, it's tough to find flips. It is tough. And we're kind of at that phase, I think, where we're getting like... I don't want to call anything. This isn't official. This is like kind of a feeling I have. But it's like, as far as like flipping goes, here's kind of what happens is everyone, this is kind of what happened in the early aughts, is like everyone got involved in like flipping and like speculation to the point where it was like, you're going to your barber and he's like, hey, I just picked up this like 3-2, you know, and it's like, what the hell? I, I kind of feel like we're getting there. And, and what happens there is you get really, there's this temptation where you're like, and I've already had this temptation, is, is you're like, well, let's just buy something that's totally fine. What was this guy? Uh, buy something that's totally fine and just hold on to it for six months and do nothing with it and just put it back on the market. So we're like almost getting to that. <laughs> that's a little scary. Because if you do that, you, someone's eventually going to be left holding the bag, you know? <laughs> I don't want to be left, like, I don't want to, like, own a starter home and overpay for it, hoping it'll just go up, and then the market crash, and then I have to, like, sell my beautiful home, uh, and live in some shit starter house, you know, so that's my thoughts, so I'm getting back into the sales, working a little new construction, a little investment prop, properties, trying to market those, and kind of switched up i'm marketing to omaha but i'm also like marketing our like listings here to everywhere in the whole country because we're getting like lots of people in california who want multi-units that are cheaper or just great investment properties and <clears throat> they're priced out of the market there in certain areas and we're not here it's a good little uh good connections with the folks and they usually have just based on where they live and if they you know they have more money to spend because if they're like, well, I'll just pull like a line of credit on my house. Their house is worth 1.5 million if it's just normal. You get me? Is that a form of arbitrage? I don't really know what that word means. So what else is going on? Oh, I got the dumpsters rocking a little bit. It's, that's almost like becoming passive, which is nice. Because I'm just renting out the bulk of them to a builder. So they just sit around and I just get... I don't have to do anything. They just sit around and as they accrue days of rental, I get, you know, paid each day. <laughs> Not a lot, folks, but it's like I don't have to do anything. It's like literally passive, you know. I think uh, I have three out right now that have been out for like two months. So I haven't really done anything with, with them in two months. I just collect my checks. Very boring. Uh, I'd like to get more into that, but, uh, you know how that goes. I don't want to buy a bunch more dumpsters. That just makes the back of my neck hot. <laughs> That's the gut feeling. 2022 is, me and my wife have decided is like the year of going with your gut. Because I felt like a lot, you know, sometimes you just, you can overthink things. Um, and sometimes like you, you analyze things so much that, you, you're kind of missing the forest for the trees, if that makes sense. Now, I feel like, I talked about this before, like, buying those 100 dumpsters. My gut was like, just buy them, figure something out. But then I, like, well, I had a lot of things going on in my personal life at the time, but it was like, I was analyzing it so much. I had, like, spreadsheets and Excel files, and I got, like, red yarn, and was putting stuff up on the, you know, walls. Like, I was tracking a serial killer. And stuff. Yeah. So I, I definitely overanalyzed that. It was like, there's a million things I could have done with that. Could have resold half those to some other idiot. We're getting off track, y'all. Um, that's kind of the update of what's going on on my end. Does anyone care about that? 
<laughs> See, show hands if anyone gives a shit what I'm doing. <clears throat> I'm just trying to be relatable. They say that in Podcast 101. Be relatable. Show a little vulnerability. I had vulnerabilities. I, I got rid of them. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, I kind of want to do do something a little bit different for this episode. This is episode 35, so this is a milestone. I don't, uh, one of my, I guess one of my vulnerabilities is like consistency. You may have noticed consistency. I do like struggle with, and I feel like to be successful, you have to be consistent. And that's something I tried to like pound into my own head. But then I'm just like a lot of people who are entrepreneurs. I get like kind of a, I guess, uh, I get attracted to shiny things. That's one of the reasons I started this podcast. Cause then I can, <laughs> I don't have to do them. I can just talk about them and that kind of gets the demons out, if you will. And there's been a lot of things I've talked about where it's like, I start talking myself into it during the podcast, especially some of the, like, um, I had a couple like early ones I did. There were, the ideas were like burning a hole in my brain. And I was like, I gotta do this. But then it's like, I'm not, what am I doing? I'm not doing that. I have other stuff to do. I got a million things to do. So <clears throat> a lot of these ideas are gold. So I want to give them out, the ideas out to the people, to the folks. <laughs> but anyway, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about, this is going to sound a little stupid, but like I, I'm titling this podcast, Who Am I? Because not me specifically, but I think a lot of people in like choosing a career, like when you're in high school, college, whatever, you're like, a lot of people don't like really know much about themselves because you haven't like been in a lot of like, you haven't been in a, like a diverse amount of situations, if that makes sense. So when you go to like high school, you just show up, you like do the work that they tell you to do. Um, that's basically the same in every class for the most part. Hopefully you're doing some extra, extra, <laughs> some other activities. I can't say that word. That part of my brain is no longer functioning. <laughs> so hopefully you're doing sports or theater or like anything where you're working with like other people because that's good experience for like the future. But that's really like all the experience that you get. You know, you're not like doing things like you would do at a job. You're not like cold calling. You're not like approaching and talking to complete strangers. Um, you're not usually working on like long-term projects with people you don't know from different backgrounds. Um, so, or, or in like different settings. You know what I mean? So it's like hard to know everything about yourself. You know, I, I never thought when I was, shit, even when I was like 22, I never thought I would be like doing a sales job. You know, I thought I always wanted to be like a cop uh, or something in like criminal justice or even like a lawyer. Like I almost went to law school, very close, but then I talked myself out of it because I was a little bit older and I'm like, you're not going to fucking like being a lawyer. Because I knew about myself, I was like, well, I don't really like, I don't, I don't really love like confrontation because I, I tend to like take it too far. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's hard for me to have like a tough conversation with someone without like flying off the handle. Um, excuse me. So it's like being a lawyer, like I would just get in shouting matches with people and I wouldn't really go anywhere. <laughs> kind of the same, like being a cop, I would have a hard time. Yeah, I would have a hard time being a cop. A lot of like being a cop would probably bother me, you know, but I didn't know that when I was 22 or 23. <laughs> so I think a lot of people go to school, um, this is why people who like go into the family business usually are like do pretty well because they know, they know what they're getting into and they probably have some, you know, if you're a lot like your dad and your dad is an auctioneer, you'll probably, it'll probably be a good fit, you know, and some of your kid. So just like knowing enough about yourself. I think is really important, and that's not something that I ever talk about in school. <clears throat> you know, I, I think in school one time they gave me like um, some sort of uh, aptitude test and like tell me what job I would like 
be good at. It's like, that's completely bullshit. <laughs> there's some stuff on there you're like, yeah, I'd like that. You've never even done it. How the hell would you know if you'd like it or not? You know what I mean? <clears throat> so I think a lot of people, they don't know themselves and they end up like pigeonholing themselves into something that they're not going to like. And if you don't like something, you're never going to be successful in it. And then what happens is you get into a job, you're like, I'll just gut this out. This is what I went to school for. And then you go buy like a new car and then you go buy a new house. And then you're kind of like, I hate to say this, but you're like sort of building yourself a little like prison because then you can't get out. So if you're a young person or if you're just somebody looking to make a, you know, a career change, this isn't necessarily for like going off on your own or buying a business. If you're looking to make a career change, I think that you need to take uh, I guess this sounds a little cheesy, but you have to like take a lot of stock in like who you are as a person. What do you like to do? What do you not like to do? And just be honest. If there's stuff that you don't like to do, just be honest and be like, I'm not going to do that. So like for me, I'm getting back into the real state and there's things that I know I'm good at and there's things I know I suck at. And one of the things that I know I suck at, which I just talked about was negotiating. I don't like negotiating with people. I hate it. But my wife, me and my wife work together. She's an excellent negotiator. Really good. And, uh, and, and, but she sucks at marketing and sales, the marketing and sales part, but I'm good at the marketing and sales part. Like I, I don't have a problem like doing an open house and like talking to strangers and being like, you know, setting up a next appointment and doing all that, all the sales process I don't have a problem with. So I kind of like step back from real estate, but then we came to the conclusion that's like, I, we just need to make it work. I'll do what I, I'm good at. And then she can do what she's good at. And then we'll have a, like the perfect team. So I think you have to really focus. The other thing too, is like, you have to really focus on what you're like, you like doing and what you're good at. And I wouldn't try to work so much on what you're not good at, at improving that. My advice would be to double down on what you are good at because you don't, there's not enough time in life to take something that to go from totally sucking at something and not liking it to being good at being good at it and liking it. So like I said, I'm really good at like, I'm good at sales and marketing. Um, I'm not the best. I'm good though. But one thing I like struggle at is like cold calling. So I just don't cold call because I suck at it. I sound like an idiot on the phone, you know? That's something I never did. And I got out of college and my first job I ever had, they were like, write down like everyone you know and call them. So that's like basically, basically a cold call because I was blindsiding people like trying to sell them insurance, you know? So I didn't like that. So it's like, well, I, I'm, if you don't like it, you're never going to get good at it because you're not going to want to do it, you know? So that's my little spiel I guess and I guess my other words of advice is if you're listening to this and you're young if you're in high school or college I would do outside activities like sports or whatever but also like get a job get a summer job like around other people and get a different summer job every summer so you get so then you know when you're picking a career the things that you like doing and the things that you hate doing you know if, if you go work at a grocery store and you're like I absolutely hate the public I can't stand these this is horrible then you'll know that you're not going to want to do something uh, with that much contact in the public, you know. And my other piece of advice is if you don't exactly know what you want to do when you grow up then and you're going to go to college, <clears throat> or if you're not going to go to college, get a career that's like a utility career. So what do I mean by utility career? Well, a utility career is something that you can always go get a job in. So the things that come to mind first with me are like a plumber or an electrician. You always need those. And the other thing is a nurse. People always, there's always, they're always hiring nurses. So that's a good one. If you don't know exactly what you want to be, but that's something that you're not opposed to. Get a fallback career, you know. Then you can work that and then go from there. But you have to have some like stability. But that's the, uh. That's my theme. I guess that's my imparting of some knowledge. I don't know if that's true, but just sharing some experiences from my own life that might help you out. 
we just want to help you out here, make you laugh, make you giggle. But I think that's really important, and I think that that's why people get into careers that they're, like, really unhappy with, is they're, like, they have to, like, know who they are. And it took me a long time to, like, know who I was, um, but I guess some of the – I went through some, like, tough times figuring that out. You know, and once you know, it, it makes things so much easier. So hope that helps. We're going to go into some different stuff, some ideas. Not going to do a business for sale this week. Didn't find anything I loved, frankly. But we'll get right back to it after these messages. Thank you. All right, we're we're back. So back. <laughs> We're going to get at you, and we're going to get up and at. So the idea of the week. Now, y'all know that I'm, I like uh, businesses that are, I don't like to work a lot. Okay. I think the greatest thing you can do is, and this is kind of like Robert Kiyosaki's thought process. Now, say what you will about Robert Kiyosaki. He's a merch dad, poor dad. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not a. The point of rich dad, poor dad, which a lot of people lose, is he just gets you thinking different. And he's a great guy. He wears tiny glasses now. Sells gold. <laughs> but the po his point is, don't buy things that don't make you any money. Buy things that are like assets that will make you money, like a real estate, uh, I guess even gold. I mean, it's a tangible, real asset. <sighs> so this idea is kind of centered around that. And th the other thing is, now that I'm uh, with my dumpster business, making it a little more passive. You know, I don't make as much money, but I'm doing more real estate now. But I'm not like really working for that money. You know, I work for it. You know, I might put in... You know, switch dropping a dumpster might take me like a half hour, an hour. And then I make money on it for two months, and then I go switch it out and make money for another two months. So it's not 100% passive, obviously, but it's relatively passive. That's the beauty of it, folks. Um, so this idea is kind of, it's similar, um, but there are some drawbacks. It's not perfect. So... What this idea is, is it's renting out RVs, recreational vehicle, recreational vehicles for those of you at home. Okay. Whoops, I ran a red light. <laughs> I'm a great little guy. That's dedication to the podcast. I'm literally risking my own life. <clears throat> but this idea came from, there's a guy that we do some business dealings with. He's my... Uh, <coughs> my in-laws client and he lives in California I believe he lives in San Diego or somewhere down there and he's big into real estate I think he's a dentist has some other businesses uh, has like a not a vending but like a snow cone business or something on the beach or not a snow cone that's arrested development he has some kind of like food stand on the beach or something like that he's like into a little bit of everything and his son came here to get a, to go to Creighton to become a dentist. And he was like, well, like the, the prices of stuff here is like pretty inexpensive and it's like a pretty nice town. So maybe I should start like buying houses here as, as investments. So he's been doing that. And a couple months ago, he actually called my mother-in-law. Maybe this was like the beginning of 2021. Called her and was like, hey, I just have to like tell you about this. I found this thing. And he's like, I, I'm just making like a killing doing this. And it's crazy. I'm, I'm renting out RVs. And there's a place, uh, a business where he lives. And what they do is they're like property managers for your RV. You literally just drop your RV off at their facility. They get it like ready to rent. They book it. They rent it. They do like the maintenance on it and everything. And then they charge a fee for that. And then they give you like the rest of your like rental cut. And he's... Uh, He's just loving it. I think he, he has, he bought two large RVs, like drivable ones. I don't know anything about RVs, so bear with me if you, if you know a lot. 
He bought two, like, I think, like, 30-foot, like, drivable, like, bus-style ones or whatever. And uh, I don't, I haven't talked to him about it, so I don't know exactly what, like, the numbers he's doing. But it's like they rent out every day. And I think it's like they rent out for, like, a couple hundred bucks. So if he's getting, uh, I think they're, let's say they're renting for 300 bucks a day, which I think, like, the big, nice ones do. So 300 bucks a day, let's say he's getting, like, 150 bucks per day. I mean, that's over $3,000 a month. That's pretty good. And uh, I believe he's purchasing them new, and then he's using the depreciation of those to offset, like, some of his other income. But I was like, well, that's, like, pretty, that's pretty good. I mean, I'd have to look at, like, the exact numbers, but it, on the surface, it seems like a good deal. Now, not everywhere has a place that's like that that's totally full service, but there are a number of websites. I believe the biggest one, I think, is Outdoorsy. There's a lot of other ones like that. They're literally just, like, an Airbnb for you to like rent out your RV. Now it could, people rent out drivable ones or towable ones. Um, I think the drivable ones are probably a little bit better. That's a little bit more like straightforward for like the user. Um, I would be nervous renting out like a 30 foot trailer to someone unless they had like a background driving something like that, towing something that big. Um, and I, he, the ones he's renting out are like I think 26 or 30 feet I would be like a little scared to rent out something like that too but I guess if you have the insurance the other thing is um, a friend who has one of these pointed out he's like these things are made so cheaply that they're not going to last very long that is true so you'd have to make sure that like that it would work as far as getting the money and like the wear and tear. And I think a lot of it depends on where you live. Um, here in Nebraska, a lot of people have RVs. I, <laughs> I guess you take them away from here. So I don't, I haven't like investigated the rental market as far as that goes. But if you live in like more of a touristy area, um, People might come from out of state to, you know, a short drive to come get the RV. I don't really know what the like the best scenario is, but I guess if you were somewhere like in Omaha where people had to go a long distance, you might get longer, a higher volume of longer rentals. So I, I don't know the rental market statistics very well for RVs, but I know there's definitely a market for it. The other thing that's kind of interesting, and this is kind of what me and my wife talked about, was would maybe be better for somebody like us we don't know a lot about RVs is, um, we've always wanted to build a house. So, or maybe some people, you might already own land. So if we bought some land, we might be able to, um, make a little money on it by just like parking an RV on it. Like even like a towable one. And then, you know, renting that out as like an Airbnb and people do, that is something that people do. I've seen on, on Airbnb, you can like stay in someone's like parked RV and they have like a little area for you to like explore there. If you had a big enough plot of land, you could have a couple different RVs on a plot of land. And uh, that would be, in, in Nebraska, as far as like regulations go, I, that would be fine. They, they wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, so that could be good. I mean, if you could rent out RVs and make a couple hundred dollars a day, especially if you had somewhere that was full service where you could just go drop the thing off. I think that that would be really good because it is passive. Now, the other thing too, though, is like the wear and tear factor. You'd have to really factor that in because the repairs on an RV are going to be more, there's going to be probably more repairs on an RV than like a rental house, I would imagine, and a quicker turnover. So that's the idea, especially good if you like have an RV that you're just not even using. I think that could be a good side hustle. I don't think you can make a full-time job out of it unless you opened a place like this place in California that is just like a property manager for RVs. Now, I know I, when I was in college, I used to work at a U-Haul, and uh, they actually used to rent RVs, and they got rid of them pretty much right before I started there, and they were like, they're, the people that worked there were like, they rented out all the time. They were literally always rented out. And then the other thing that I never thought about until just now <laughs> is... uh. Obviously, unlike a regular rental house, you can really fluctuate, like, how much the rent is. So, here, like, in Nebraska, if there's a Nebraska, like, football game, 
and you were okay with letting people use your RV at like a tailgate, you could basically, you could charge like a premium for that. I mean a premium. You might be able to get 500 bucks a night. Honestly. Really good stuff. Now, if you're doing tailgating, I would maybe not have a brand new one that just rolled off the assembly line. I maybe have one with a little bit more wear and tear. Nothing crazy. I mean, you still got to get it to rent. But if you're doing, like, letting people do tailgates and, like, music festivals, <laughs> maybe you don't want the, like, nicest one on the lot. The other thing, too, is, like, if you're handy with that, if you have any, like, automotive repair background or you like doing that, I think it would be a good fit as well. I have a lot of, obviously, background in construction, but I, I don't know a lot about, like... RV, like wiring and like Bondo work or anything like that. It's not my area expertise. The other thing too is you could also, this is a little crazy, but I've seen it done, is you could also get like a little bit of an older RV and like just fix it up good enough to run out. And the other thing too is like you can get older, you can get a 10 year old RV for like pretty inexpensive, like a towable one. You can search for deals and you can find them. Uh, but then again, like like I said, I don't know a ton about RVs, so I don't know if it'd be 100% worth it to get something older. Um, but you can spruce those things up to look basically brand new. Uh, as long as they don't, I guess the big thing with those is water, like water leaks. Um, and water damage is a big deal for an RV. Not the best. So I think there may be something to it. Um, I like it. I mean, I think that could be good. I think for the user, it'd be easier for like a drivable one, but like in my eyes, it'd be easier as the owner if it was a towable one because then it doesn't have an engine. <laughs> it's up to you. You'd have to look and see in your area what they're like renting for, what the best payoff would be. But there is definitely a market, and especially with COVID and everything, um, and people don't want to like, people are, are more open to doing something like this. They're more obviously, they're open to an Airbnb. This is like pretty similar. But it's just a mobile Airbnb. Pretty interesting stuff. I really like that. The other one, I was going to do this as a three critique, but the RV rental one was a little, a little short. I want to really, I want to give so much value. It's just disgusting. So the other one that kind of goes with this, like kind of a more of a passive deal um, that I've seen is people rent out like extra space in their house for like storage <laughs> no I don't know it would really depend on like what your setup is if you're like okay with that and I've seen everything from people renting like hey we have like a corner in the basement you can like store your stuff in for like 50 bucks a month I've seen everything as, as crazy as that to people saying like hey we have an extra detached garage that we're willing to rent out for you know it just depends a couple hundred bucks a month or whatever um, I've also seen people renting out parking spaces in, in, like, bigger cities. I think that would, like, work really well. I tried to actually do that. Um, I used to work, or, excuse me, I used to live in, like, a little uh, neighborhood over by over a really large VA hospital. And this is really idiotic. <laughs> in order to, like, expand the VA, they were going to, they build, like, a huge outpatient center, and they are going to build, build a parking garage but instead of building the parking garage first, they got rid of like three quarters of the parking lot and put up the outpatient center before the parking garage. So that created a situation where every employee in the VA was parking on the like city streets of the uh, neighborhoods around the VA. So it was insanely irritating. Me and my neighbors were having to put out like parking cones and shit to like save our parking spots because the neighborhood, all the houses were built in like the 20s between the 20s and 40s. So they just had like single car, small garages with like single driveways. So my wife would park in the driveway and I would always park in the street. So once this VA thing happened, it was becoming like a huge problem. Now my idea was to go around to different uh, folks in the neighborhood and see if they'd be open to like parking their cars in the street and then renting out their like parking spots of their driveway. <laughs> Do you like that? Didn't really catch on. Because it was like, this is just too much of a pain in the ass because then I'll lose my spot. In, I'll lose my spot in the street and then I won't have a spot. 
And it was getting crazy. Like, people were... The streets were full for, like, four blocks deep of the neighborhood. I mean, these VA people, they didn't give a shit. Littering, too. Not nice people. So there's that. Renting out extra space. I think that could be, like, a... I don't know. Like, you'd have to... It'd have to be worth your time. Renting out a spot in your basement for $45 and then, like, letting... Having to somebody, like, to let in to get their stuff. I don't like that. But if you had a detached garage... The other thing, too, is it's, like, if you had, like, a another... If you had a vacant lot somewhere, like an acreage lot, you could definitely, like, let people park cars or RVs on it. I do like that. A lot of people, a lot of farmers around the, like, around Omaha also have, uh, like, RV parking rental, rent spaces to, like, so people can park RVs on their property. But one little spot that you're renting out for 45 bucks, not good. I've also seen... People renting their pools out. Now, I think that that could actually be worth it because I think you can charge, like, a pretty good amount. Um, but I don't know as far as if it would be worth it as far as, like, liability. And, like, who knows what – you might get a, an issue with, like, homeowner's insurance where they would drop you or something if they found out you are renting out your house. So those are some kind of ideas to think about, a little bit more out-of-the-box rental ideas. But I do like any kind of, like, rental business. Um, like I said, when I worked – I worked at U-Haul um, when I was at Chitlin, when I was in college, and uh, it was a horrible job, honestly, just horrible. But that place, like, made tons of money. I mean, they would rent out every single thing on the lot every weekend. Just murdering it. Um, I do also think, kind of on that, on a lot of these websites, you can also rent out, like, trailers, like car trailers or uh, dump trailers. I think that's good because you can pick a dump trailer up for, I think the last one I bought was $3,500. Um, had some issues that I fixed, but um, I could rent that, that thing running out like hotcake, 150 bucks per day. Hot cake. Now with dump trailers, people take off of those, so you'd have to get a GPS tracker, but you can make pretty good money running out just a dump trailer. It's kind of a pain though because you've got to title it and everything, but if you already have a dump trailer... Uh, and you're open to that, you can make pretty good money at it. Now, I wouldn't get one too big. The smaller ones actually rent better. Mine was like a 10-foot one, um, 10 foot by 5 foot wide by the sides were like 3 feet tall. Um, and I got like 150 bucks for like a 2 or 3 day period. Um, well, 150 bucks per day, and then like if you want to keep it 2 more days, it was like an extra 25 bucks. But people try to rent out like gigantic ones for more money, but people don't want that. They want small ones. So that's definitely something. Car trailers, I've never, like, owned a car trailer or tried to rent one out, so I don't know what you could get for that. But there was a pretty good demand at U-Haul for people wanting to, like, uh, a trailer for cars. So that's the idea of the week. RV rental. Check it out, y'all. Could be good. Could be good. For the right person, I think it could be really good. But that kind of that's kind of like Robert Kiyosaki. I'm just trying to get you to think a little bit different. So I said I didn't have a business for sale for you today, but Daddy found one. Over the break, he did a little tertiary search. Is that the word? But we're gonna we're gonna drop that up, drop that on you, drop the knowledge on you here. Coming up shortly, right after these messages, we're back. Um, look, I told you people that I had a business for you, and I do. Is it the best business your boy has ever dropped on you? No, no, it's not the best. Frankly, it's okay. I love the sector. Just love it. Love the sector. Hate where it's at. It's in Sacramento County. Sacramento, California. Not the best. Not exactly a business-friendly state. So they hate you. Well, what it is, is it's a home health care agency. I'm just going to pull up the listing because I don't want to be wrong, folk. Okay. Let's see what we got here. Where's it at? Where's that dirty little guy at? It says it's very profitable. You got. You can believe these people. They're good people. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Got some internet issues. Here's what it is. What is going on here? Technical issues, folks. Technical issues. Oh. Home health care. 
<laughs> Location, Sacramento, California. They're leasing their building for $1,800 a month. I'm putting the cart before the horse. You don't give two shits about that. We're having major technical issues, but it's a home health care business. And I think this is a great sector. The, the population's aging, frankly. Um, they want to live on their own for as long as they can. They might need some help. Very profitable home health care agency in Sacramento. Asking price one point nine million. Don't be sh don't be scared. Cash flow is six hundred thousand a year. It's pretty good off of a gross revenue of one point nine. Like I said, um, they're leasing their place for eighteen hundred dollars a month. It was established in two thousand thirteen. Um, it says they're retire they're uh, selling it for other interests slash retirement. Okay. Good. The owner will stay on uh, for one month, 20 hours a week at no cost. Seller is willing to negotiate transition and ongoing training as well as consulting role after the sale. Yeah, if I'm giving you $1.9 million, you're going to stick around for a while. All right. This isn't a file cabinet I'm buying off some idiot on Facebook where I just give you $15 and whatever happens, happens. 65 employees. It says agencies, so are they employees? Let's read. Shall we dive deep? I want to read this because it is intriguing. I do like the I do like the sector. I don't know a ton about it, but I know that there is a need. Let's see what we got. This driving high volume business has been flourishing with almost no marketing. How's that possible, you ask? Cindependent Company has a well-established presence in the community and an excellent reputation for service. As an independent, buyer is not limited by territories, has unlimited expansion opportunities. While company does, uh, while company does, there's some typos in this, that's nice. While company does residential home health care, it specializes in facility staffing. Oh, the services. The service market is highly desirable and demographically attractive. All financial numbers are fully documented. 2021 adjusted an income of over 600000 on a revenue of $2 million. Based on last fiscal quarter, projected income is $900,000 on revenues of $3 million. Very attractive. This business requires no prior home care slash medical experience as, a, as buyer takes it over with existing clients and staff. Additionally, seller is willing to negotiate, transition, blah, blah, blah. It's no secret that the home healthcare, that home healthcare is a fast-growing industry with virtually unlimited opportunity to grow your own successful, meaningful, and fulfilling business. This company competes with other national and local businesses and sole proprietors providing home healthcare services. Now, what stuck out to me is I do think that there is definitely a market for that. Um, it's a growing demographic, obviously. <clears throat> I think it's good. <clears throat> I want to see the inner workings, though. I want to see how the sausage is made, if you will. The other thing is, what are we doing here? Is it... Are, are we talking about, is the home health care, is it nurses? Is it companions? Like, what is it? I talked to a buddy about this. He wanted to, we chatted about starting one of these. And I was like, this isn't really my like cup of tea. <laughs> um, like I said before, it's like, it has to be something you really like. We're in the logistics of people who are nurses or for the most part, probably ex-nurses or like CNAs, having them show up on time and dealing with client complaints that's not something I'm into now you can make a ton of money doing this this is basically I'm envisioning that this is basically like a staffing service for the most part it sounded like they did staffing in facilities as a big part of their business but who are they staffing is are they staffing RNs are they staffing are they actual nurses are they aides what are they see me and my buddy talked about doing one of these where it was just basically like companionship and then like helping them around the house, but not doing anything that you would need a license for, like not having 
you know, nothing like that. No administering any, like, patient care as far as something that would fall under a umbrella of needing a someone that was a registered nurse or anything like that. So it was more like almost like companionship, helping out around the house, maybe a couple hours a week. And then the idea was you could use um, stay-at-home moms that used to be nurses because him and his wife used to be nurses. And he's like, there's a lot of, like, stay-at-home moms that have, like, a medical experience that um, like to earn, like, a couple, a little bit of money a week, but nothing crazy. And they would be flexible. That's definitely something you could do. Like, uh, my grandparents for a long time, they just had somebody come, like, do their laundry and stuff. Could be something like that. Help out around the house a little bit. And like I said, I don't know a ton about this. We talked about it very briefly. <laughs> we didn't go into it very far, but... At the time, there was an independent one for sale in uh, Omaha, and I was going to, you know, get some more information on it. That's not how we drive. Jesus Christ, sorry. Uh, I was going to get some more information on it, and it, it, it went up on, like, a local site. It was gone in, like, a week. I mean, it sold really quickly. That's the other thing is this is such, like, a growing um, market that it's also right for, like, roll-ups. You know, if you have one, buy out your competition or whatever. So I'm guessing that's what's that is what happened here. Uh, there's a big one here that's I think national. I don't remember the name of it, but is that is intriguing, um, especially if you have like any. My thing is I have no medical background, uh, and I don't think that that's something that I would enjoy. But if you had some medical background as as far as like knowing what you can and can't do, requirements, licensing, regulations, stuff like that, then I think that it could be. That could be really good. Um, and I think buying one that's already up and going would be, that would be good because it would be a turnkey. You wouldn't have to go out and, like, find people to recruit. Because you'd be, you're basically, like, just contracting stuff out I'm, for the most part. So it's like you have to find uh, independent, like, providers. I wouldn't have these people, like, I don't know if I'd make them employees. I think you could get by with having them be 1099. But again, you'd have to check. And just you just basically, like, give them accounts to service and bill. And then you'd collect the payment and give it to them. <clears throat> so I think that could be good. Nice flexibility. little LLC pass-through action. Um, the other thing is... Uh, with businesses like that, it's like you have to recruit providers and get customers kind of like simultaneously, which can be tricky. I did something similar to this with like a service business where I was like, you know, just be like subbing people out and I had to get customers who were interested. Then I had to find people to like fill the orders, which can be like a little tricky, you know, it can be tricky. You have to do, you have to do them basically simultaneously. Uh, so not for everyone, frankly, but I think that's good. That's a good, nice little business. Um, I think that it's a little expensive. I'll, obviously, I'm not going to be moving to California anytime soon. Not anytime soon. Not a California fan. Beautiful country. That it's it's totally ruined. Um, totes my goats. <laughs> okay. Do I have it today? Yeah, so got it. Um, so there are three critiques of the week. I kind of used up some of these in the uh, idea of the week. The ideas. But here's one that's kind of intriguing. Okay. Now, you know me. I'm always looking for an angle to get do something online, and I've never been successful at it. I mean, I sell stuff online quite a bit, but nothing, not on a big scale. You know, I might sell like five or six things a week. But this idea is selling handmade stuff. Etsy, I believe. Is that what the kids are using for that? Etsy. Very nice. Now, there's a couple different angles for this. You can go high class. You can go... I would do high class or low class, basically. What do I mean by high class? So high class would be like something really unique, something really like high end, making a piece of furniture and selling it, making a... My mom does, uh, she doesn't do this on Etsy, but my mom is a classically trained artist, and she paints, and she sells her paintings on the, on the side. She takes commissions, 
so if you're looking to have something painted, you know who to talk to. Really good stuff. I'm supposed to build her a website, haven't got to it. Really sad. Um, so something like that would be obviously more high-end a painting. That's very unique. It takes a skilled kind of person. Um, anything like that. Now, obviously, um, just like my mom, she can't do like tons of paintings. I mean, each painting takes her X amount of time. I think each painting, if she paints like someone's house, a lot of people are like, hey, um, I'm buying this house. I'd like, uh, a lot of agents go to her and they're like, hey, I have somebody uh, selling a house or buying a house with me and I'd like uh, to get a, have you paint a picture as like a closing gift. That's one thing that, that she does a lot of. And each painting takes her like a, between 10 and 12 hours. And, and she can only, so she can only do four a week if she's really like, has her head down and is really getting after it. I mean, it, you can't mass produce a painting. So obviously those are more expensive. So if you're going to be making a living at that, doing that, the stuff is going to have to be high dollar. Now, people like my mom, she just does it like kind of as a side thing because she likes to paint, and then she gets at least her like supplies and stuff paid for or whatever, and a little folding money. Um, so it has to be higher, higher dollar for you to make a living, you know. And with a painting, if you're selling stuff online, I don't know like how you would ship like a piece of art. <laughs> I wouldn't want to just throw that in with. In, USPS. They just throw shit on the ground. They don't care. Uh, <laughs> if you work for the post office, keep listening. Um, their thing is like you can mass produce cheaper stuff. And I'm talking about like original things. So one thing I've seen on uh, Facebook Market that I've like was kind of interesting is like. A lot of stuff on Facebook Marketplace is just garbage. So they have like uh, bumper stickers or like stickers you put on like the window of your truck. Crap like that. And I was thinking, you know, my wife has a, this machine that makes, I don't know what the hell is it called now. It's a machine that makes like stencils. doesn't make, yeah, it makes stencils. So like you could make bumper stickers with it. And, uh, She's also made, like, lettering and numbering for me for, like, uh, my trucks where you can put, like, the DOT number that sticks on there and uh, other st things like that. And she can also make, like, things that you can iron onto, like, a shirt or put on a shirt. Uh, I wish I could remember the name. God, this is embarrassing. Do I have it today? Oh, a cricket machine is what it's called. So I was looking at these stupid bumper stickers online, and I'm like, couldn't we, like, sell bumper stickers online? Because they sell for, like, 3 to $5, and a lot of them are like, get a five-pack for 10 bucks, or get a three, you know, something like that. So it's like, well, the in, the stuff you buy at Hobby Lobby, you can buy it in, like, probably bigger quantities. So you could probably get, like, for a, you know, whatever, a three, whatever a bumper sticker is, three inches tall by 12 inches long, you could get maybe, like, three of those out of a sheet of, like, sheet of the stuff and it costs 50 cents and you sell each piece for I don't know three dollars or something we'd have to be doing in order to make that worth it you'd be having to make it like printing tons up a day you know <laughs> I don't know if I want to be making like 300 of those a day now we're getting into like a print shop volumes but I don't know if somebody was into that they could definitely do it so I think as a side hustle, making making your own stuff to sell could be good. It would be harder to do it as a full-time thing. You'd have to, uh, I told my mom, I was like, you should, you know, take some other artists like under your wing. And this is what like the great, the classical artists did, which not a lot of people know that. Not, not a lot of people know that, like Van Gogh and all these other people, they would actually have like, a, they would run like basically an art studio where they had apprentices. And the apprentice would paint the whole thing using the same techniques and styles as like the master artist, as like Van Gogh, for instance. <clears throat> and then when they were done, they would show it to him. He would like look it over, make any changes that need to be made, if possible. 
and then sign the bottom corner. So a lot of a lot of paintings by famous artists weren't actually <laughs> weren't even actually done by them. Isn't that weird? I didn't. I never knew that until I uh, listened to a podcast of this guy, and he opened. I don't know how he did this, but I'm sure he's making a killing. He's like a really into art. Um, art is an investment, so he opened some like investment fund uh, where he's he buys paintings, and then like you own a fraction of the painting, which is insanely genius. And then he makes an income because he like lets them like go out on tour. The fund I don't think pays a dividend. He's not like paying you a touring dividend or anything. And then when they're not on tour, I'm getting off track, but this is interesting. Is it is it interesting to anyone? When they're not on tour, they're like on a ship in a. He's like it's on a ship in a port, but I don't, I can't tell you where. And the reason it's like just sitting in a port is because something to do with like weird. Some weird tax thing with customs. It's completely bizarre. Anyway, what are we talking about now? Oh, so selling handmade goods. So I think it could be good for the right person. I knew some people that, like, the dad made furniture. Really expensive stuff. I think they did pretty good with that. <laughs> so that's a maybe. I think great as a side hustle if you want to do a little hustling. So we, what else we got for a... Um, uh, Three critiques. Now I've seen a, here's kind of a critique, or here's something that's kind of interesting. I've never really tried to do this, but I've like done it by mistake a couple times. And that's like flipping cars. Now obviously this can be done. There's car dealerships that do this. Um, especially now. Now I've flipped some like trailers. Trailers aren't cars, but it's the same like idea. Everything's going up so fast now. Because new cars are insanely expensive. Get your hands on an old car. Older car. Not an old car, but a used car. I think that things are right. That's not a very good, uh, that's not a very good, like, idea, though. What are my other critiques? What are some of you other kids into? Crypto? I don't even understand anything about that. From, from the beginning, I was like, this is obviously like a money laundering thing. And then uh, they came out with the, the NFT, the non-fungible tokens, which is like a meme that you buy from someone. And they're like, some of them are millions of dollars. Uh, that's money laundering, folks. That's, that's so people were like trying to do that at like a small time, you know, making a couple thousand dollars. It's like, yeah, you can maybe do that because people are getting like buying into the hype of it. But it's like the majority of that stuff of that is definitely money laundering. <laughs> you know, speaking of painting, definitely money laundering, guys. Not the best. So I will throw this at you if you're in the Omaha area. You know, I, I've talked a lot about about how like good carpet cleaning is. I'm just gonna rant here for uh, rant for you here for a minute. Hopefully it's enjoyable. Hopefully it's uh, pleasurable. But I've talked before about. Um, how good it is to do carpet cleaning and because you're just like you buy the stuff you buy either like a, a truck mounted carpet cleaner or a portable carpet cleaner and then you're you're literally selling people like labor and like hot water and it is good a lot of times i didn't know this until recently a lot of times like the manufacturer of carpet it voids the warranty unless you have your carpet professionally clean within like the first year of getting it installed. I just learned that. So it's kind of like car insurance. You have to do it within the first year. And I think like you have to do it like so many times after that. Is this a racket, folks? It is a racket. It's, it's a great racket if you can get into it. I've thought about it, but it's like, I'm like too old and broken down to be crawling around doing that. Um, I'm gonna try to maybe get, get my kids into that, my sons. I can see them getting down and dirty great kids um but in omaha somebody is selling it looks fairly new it's a a truck mounted extraction system carpet cleaning system truck mounted in like a like a 2006 van it looks pretty new pretty clean they were asking 50 grand for it i've kept my eye on it they were asking 50 grand for it 
and then they dropped it down to 35 grand. So if anyone's looking, that's a, actually is a good price. So if anyone is looking <laughs> to maybe get into carpet cleaning, that's hearing the sound of my voice, um, that could be like a great start if you have the money to do a truck, a truck mounted. I know a lot of people do like a handheld. For those of you who don't know, a handheld is just, it's all like uh, the unit, you bring the unit inside and fill it with water and then it, 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 that's how it works. Um, the truck mounted ones are a lot more powerful, obviously. They're gas powered. The ones, the, the, uh, the portable ones, I believe you, you plug into like a 220. Uh, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I really love it. Now, as I was talking though, I did come up with another, this is a, this is a, a wild idea. Now we've talked about wholesaling houses, which that's really popular if you're in the like real estate investing world. You go out, I feel like I talked about this already. Long story short, you go out, you get something under contract for a low price and you sell it at the same time for a higher price. People do that on houses, but I was looking around. I'm in all these groups on Facebook, all kinds of different things like carpet cleaning group, trucking groups, dumpster groups, anything that I have like any, any like interest in, I, I get in these groups and then I, I try to, I just absorb whatever I can just out of, well, I do it for you. I'm sure for you folks, so I can pass that knowledge on. But uh, what I discovered is in a lot of those groups, especially the trucking groups, uh, the dumpster, anything where you like need equipment, um, construction groups, people are always like, hey, I'm looking for, and they'll give you like exactly what they're looking for. Um, like, hey, I need, uh, for example, like they'll, they'll tell you the exact kind of dumpster and then like they tell you their budget a lot. Or like trucks. I'm also in like a carpet cleaning group. This is where I, this is what sparked this. I'm in a carpet cleaning group and people are always like, Hey, I'm looking for a van or I'm looking for like this kind of like a truck mounted system, blah, blah, blah. Now, if, if you were slick enough, I'm not slick enough, but other people are super slick. What you could do, could you not simultaneously like go out and buy like a, a truck from someone, like a used truck or, or like this truck mounted carpet cleaning system, get it basically under contract. Be like, hey, I'm gonna, can I put a thousand dollars down? I gotta like, uh, I got to go talk to the bank or something to like extend it out. Um, and then, and then be like, if you get like someone else who wants it, just like give me the first right of refusal or something. And then you get like a bunch of pictures of it. Cause you're like, you could tell them something like, Oh, like I have a partner who's like out of this, lives out of state, blah, blah, blah. You get a bunch of pictures of it. And then you like go in these groups and be like, Hey, I'm selling, uh, this truck that maybe you're like buying for 20 grand. Hey, I'm selling this truck for 35,000. Or 40,000, give yourself a little like leeway. So you can simultaneously buy and sell the truck or buy and sell the piece of equipment. Do you like that, folks? I think if you, I mean, people do this like full time. I think if you were uh, good enough, you could do that. That's an idea. Uh, people do that with heavy equipment all the time. Um, not so much with like dumpsters and stuff. Uh, but I think that, that, that could, if you knew enough about that kind of stuff, I think you could make a killing if you could set it up. Oh, uh, going along with the RV stuff for the folks, um, the RVs. I talked about like, uh, uh, I talked about buying RVs to rent. And uh, I think that could be good if you're the right kind of cat. If you're the right kind of cat for that, and if, if you're good at like fixing these things up and you know a lot about it, and blah, blah, blah. The other thing is people do, and uh, this is thinking outside of the box, is they flip these things. Okay. So what they do is they find one. The, the, real, the guys that are really good at this is they'll find one with like a water leak because they're like, I'm going to like redo the whole thing anyway. I don't really care. Um, they'll find one with a water leak, and they'll be like, yeah, this thing has a water leak, and it might be like maybe 10 years old, for, let's say. And a lot of times, people who own these things, are, especially if they've been sitting in a storage unit, they're just tired. They just want to get rid of the damn thing. They're not using it. So what these guys will do is they'll be like, this thing has a water leak. And a lot of one, the ones with like damage or like water leaks are already really pretty cheap. So they'll, uh, they'll be like, this thing's got a water leak. You know, i got to put like a lot into it. It's going to be a, a pretty big pain. So they'll go and they'll get them for like dirt cheap. Let's say the people are asking like 10. They'll just like... They'll just bring like, I would just bring like four grand of cash 
and be like, hey, I can't give you ten, but I can give you four thousand dollars right here, right now. And then what they do is they just remodel the whole thing. Um, and then they'll like turn around and flip it because the new ones and like nice used ones are so expensive right now. So expensive. Now a lot of the, the guy that I've seen this like does he does like towable ones. He's not making like you're not making like tons and tons of money. You might make like a couple grand per deal. But the thing is, you know, I flip houses. It takes us like a couple months to do a house. I could literally do I, I'm looking I'm picking up a dumpster right now. I'm at a storage place. I'm parked next to like one of these things. I mean, they're so small. I could redo one of these in like a week or two. And there's a guy I kind of follow that does this, and he, he it, he's like, it only the longest it's ever taken me is 10 days. And he makes like, you know, between $1,000 and $2,500 per deal. Still pretty good. Okay? Still pretty good. So that's an idea. If you're handy, maybe you don't want to get into the renting part. You can do little flips, baby flips. So that was the uh, three critiques. Sorry, I kind of cannibalized them earlier in the show, but I just want to get as much out there. Can never have too much content. I just give and give. So those are the uh, three critiques. Hope you enjoyed them. Hope you enjoyed them. Hope you enjoyed the show. We're getting the viewership back up, honestly. I love it. Share the show. Cherish the show. Tell two friends. Have them tell two friends, etc., etc. Get it. Really get it going. Get some momentum behind this. You know, if I could make a living off of doing this, well, I don't know if that's possible. God, I would love it, folks. I would be pumping out so much content. I'd make Gary V look sane. <laughs> anyway, hey, guys, I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.